Welcome to another fine time, another fine edition of Defend Your Trash Movie, the podcast that examines bad movies and misrepresented films to see if they're actually good. And uh, this is your co-host, Travis Kirkland. And I'm your other co-host, Luana Saita. And we have reached the end. This is our season two finale. Luana, season two, we've done a whole nother season, another whole crop of movies. Yeah, we had a lot of fun, I think. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I mean, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Before we get into, because we're going to talk about what our picks for best and worst movies of this past season were. But before then, I want to bring up a point. And I want to see if you have any thoughts or feelings about this, because thinking about like how uh, this podcast has changed my outlook on movies and how I watch them, review them, critique them. And, you know, I'm the type of person that will always champion media literacy. You know, hey, everyone, let's let's make sure that we're interpreting things in an open way that we're open to, you know, interpretation and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But I feel like, and I'm certain, and certainly as someone who, as someone who is approaching their forties, this probably sounds a bit like old man yelling at the clouds, and or you know, old man yelling at the kids online. But it feels as though that, unfortunately, me that like a lot of things, good natured media literacy can take it, you know, can take a bad turn. So like. Unfortunately, I feel like movies these days uh, have a lot of discourse to them. And it's right. like, I really, I, you know, and again, call me a hypocrite because fucking this is me on my own podcast <laughs> going, ah, this is what I, my judgment on a movie, blah, blah, blah. But I think for me, I'm getting to the point where it's like, I, while I will, you know, appreciate like interpretations of movies. I think for me, the deluge of discourse on film can be a bit right. too much. And like, I kind of touched upon this when we were doing our wrap up thoughts on Solo, a Star Wars story, where it's like, God, I, you know, before I even extrapolate, is this, you know, is this problematic? Is this right representation? Is this blah, blah, blah? I need to think. Is this good or is it bad before right. anything else? And then going from that, then I will do my examination of why. And that's where those come in. And it's like, while I love that people are being more analytical about this, it feels as though analysis is, I don't know. I don't know. But it feels like I'm even getting sick of analysis on film. And that's something I enjoy. But uh, I don't know. Do you, again, I, I feel like this is for me personally, again, another old man yelling at the internet type of thing. But I mean, how do you feel, Luana? Yeah, I, I think that there's a um, tendency to kind of um, let the discourse take over the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, you know, I, I see people um, give like solo one star because it's like, oh, it's Disney, you know, but Disney uh, the, squeezing the squeezing blood from a stone, you know, non doesn't need an origin movie. Uh, and like, that's correct. Uh, but like, it's a 
pretty entertaining movie, you mm-hmm. know, and, or like someone, you know, given the, the uh, oh, the fucking Ghostbusters 2016 is bullshit. They made a woke or whatever. And, okay, but like, is it a funny movie? You know, is a did you see the movie and did you find it unfunny? Is that why you hate it, or are you hating it because it's woke? You know, and it's both sides of the aisle being like, oh, I hate this on principle because it's corporate pap or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they made it look it's, it's like, okay, great. Um, but you know, if you're watching franchise filmmaking, there's a certain level of kind of, um, there, there's a certain admission that, that you need to make to yourself. You know, this is going to be, Four quadrant filmmaking. It's, mm-hmm. It costs hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. and so it's gonna kind of need to please please a pretty wide swath mm-hmm. of the audience. So it's not gonna be super complex. Yeah. Um. You know, and if it, if it makes you mad that they're you know exploiting IPs or whatever, or okay, that's fine. But maybe you should watch a different type of movie. Yeah. You know, why? Or if, if you're like, Oh no, this movie has too much diversity. You know, the other side of the, that discourse, uh, uh, of the discourse, I was like, okay, you know, there's plenty of movies that simply have white male heroes. It's fine. Watch those. You know, I remember when, uh, was it uh, screaming? What's this guy's screaming video game nerd? Uh, the, the angry video. Oh, uh, nostalgia critic. Was nostalgia critic? He no the uh, no not nostalgia critic. Yeah, the angry video game nerd. Okay, he, angry video game nerd. Yeah. Back when GB twenty sixteen came out, he right. like did this whole fucking emotional video. Like I will not be reviewing this. Ghostbusters means a lot to me. And I was like, oh, you fucking dumb bitch. I mean, I even as someone who doesn't even like Ghostbusters twenty sixteen, I. When when RoboCop came out, the remake. When Total Recall came out, the remake. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, those are you know two PG thirteen remakes of two movies that are very near and dear to my heart. Awesome you know what movies. I did? What? Yeah, you know what I did? I simply never. I, to this day, I've seen neither remake. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, it looks pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna watch it. And, yeah. And that's I, I have not posted any screeds about how this is an affront to RoboCop or Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh well, that looks like a shitty remake. Won't yeah. be watching it, and did not take up any of my headspace. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, what makes it cringe, you know, cringe, and oh no, cringe on the internet. But I guess for what makes it cringe is like the need to have like you have to have the best dunk or the best hot take on it like to to quickly discuss a movie that will probably never get its own episode but barbie like um like like there's now this discourse about oh it's about feminism but is it like just white feminism is it about corporate and it's like i don't kind of care like <laughs> right, sure right. you can sure like yeah it brings up feminist issues and they are worth talking about but it's like i don't need i don't know i don't need 20 opinions on if barbie is doing 20 is doing the right version of feminism right, you know? right, right. <laughs> it's like god the movie was entertaining it has some interesting issues 
but it's like I don't even even those things where it's like yeah I think feminism is worth discussing but even some of those people who I would consider not like you know a misogynist or right wing right. But it's like no but I still don't trust you because I think you only just want the dunk I think you only right, want right. the I, I think you only want the clicks basically for your hot take I I um I found a um th- with 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 the Barbie discourse, mm-hmm. um, I mean, let's say the the non right wing Barbie discourse, people mm-hmm. going like, "Oh, this is white feminism," or you know, not feminist enough, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, I what I find funny is that the people that are making those kind of takes mm-hmm. are essentially um, the friends of the daughter in the movie that are going like, "Well, you're a fascist, Barbie," mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like wow, did they, like, just watch the movie and got really mad that, like, their type of person is just kind of encapsulated <laughs> in, in that group of characters? Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, because, yeah, obviously, you know, Barbie doesn't hit all the fucking um, intricacies and, you know, many types of feminism that is out there, but also it's a million-dollar IP movie uh, with which needed the corporate seal of approval. Now the fact that it is talking about patriarchy at all was like, okay, pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids are gonna come out of that movie and go like, what's a patriarchy, Molly? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. And that's what we have to say about people's opinions on movies on the internet. Now on to our opinions on the <laughs> movies that are what on the internet. What you tune in for, dear listener. Oh, <laughs> uh, but look, let, you know, I think let's go ahead, get to some lighter subject matter and let's get into it because uh, for our last season finale, for season one, we went over the movies that we discussed and we picked uh, what were our faves and what were our least faves. And instead of doing most trashy or least trashy thing from a particular movie, what were for us the most trashy and least trashy movies of season two? And that's what we're going to do right now. So uh, let's go ahead and kick it off, Luana, and you will help us kick off. Uh, this jud- final judgment. So, of all the movies that we reviewed for season two of this podcast, what is your choice for most trashy movie? The film in this season that I least enjoyed watching, um, I feel like this is such a cold take, um, was um, the L. Ron Hubbard epic Battlefield Earth. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a rough one. While you were still learning how to spell your name, I was being trained to conquer galaxies. Of all films that we watched during um during the um during this season, and that one I had the least amount of fun <laughs> with. It was it was weird and it was yeah there were some funny bits in it but ultimately what it was and I addressed this in our podcast what it did was ultimately it wanted to be kind of a sort of independence day type of thing with you know humanity banding together and getting evil aliens out but it did it with the budget of a deep space 9 episode <laughs> uh, and a truly baffling series of stylistic like directing and editing choices which made the movie itself unpleasant to watch like the the 
the episode has me talking about, you know, how there are literal cuts that disorient me. Uh, it's 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 well known for its constant Dutch and unnecessary Dutch angles, but uh-huh. they they do these weird jump cuts and they cross the axis. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, you know, for 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 people that don't know what I'm talking about, the 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 axis is like this um, imaginary line in a scene where you place your cameras in front of, and um, so like if. If Travis is on the left side of your screen, right, and Luana is on the right side of your screen, then you have to kind of the 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 way our brains process it as being in the same part of space, being in uh, in the same uh, being in the same um, cinematic movement is that you keep Travis on the left side and you keep Luana on the right side, and mm. they did not do that within <laughs> scenes and it's such a first year film school thing uh, yeah yeah so oh boy that and it was you know and it wasn't even weird enough to be like because like uh teenage mutant ninja turtles coming out of your shell was also fucking bad <laughs> but at least it kept me like rolling and laughing at how fucking weird and bad it was and how ill-advised and ultimately for all its weird choices battlefield earth was just trying to be a, a normal quote-unquote normal blockbuster you know but being so, but stupid yeah yeah exactly um so yeah that was that's my choice for most trashy least pleasant to watch movie that we covered this season mm. um I don't know if you agree on that. Maybe maybe you've got a different choice. How about you, Travis? Ooh, let me tell you something. Battlefield Earth was rough. I I I agree with you that it will it's pretty bottom of the barrel when it comes to the crop of movies that we discuss for this. And let me tell you this. I think it was kind of not it wasn't easy for me to actually pick a most trashy movie for me because I think even more than season one, there were some at least for me personally, some true stinkers, some truly annoying movies. So I had a few prime candidates for my right. choice. Battlefield Earth definitely was one of them mm-hmm. uh, for all the reasons that you said that I definitely agree with. But there's one other movie that just annoyed me just ever so more slightly. Oh, and uh, well, and it might annoy some people who listen to this podcast because there are listeners or not even listener but there are people who genuinely like uh this movie or they like the actors in this movie uh-huh so that's why i'm just gonna go right into it and say that my choice for most trashy movie of season two is the amazing spider-man what are you you a cop really you seriously think i'm a cop cop in a skin tight red and blue suit you know you're 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 <laughs> I was, uh, you know, uh, dear listeners, I did not know Travis's choices, but I was kind of like idly scrolling through the list of this season. And as you were building up to it, I was like, yeah, it's going to be amazing (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Look, I will go ahead and say like, Look, if I'm comparing the Amazing Spider-Man to Battlefield Earth, at least Amazing Spider-Man is a competent movie. It, it, I understand <laughs> right. it doesn't cross the axis, um, <laughs> but 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 at least Battlefield Earth 
become such an incomparable mess that in a weird way I can dismiss it. Like this is just some fucking trivial pet project went right. nowhere, blah, blah, blah. You know, I can easily <laughs> kick this into the gutter and forget it. Amazing right. Spider-Man just annoys me when I think about it right. because it makes, I guess in a way, cause my last, last, last season's choice for me for most trashy was wild wild west. In a way there's a simpatico to amazing Spider-Man. And it's like, I can see every bad corporate mandated decision in this, in amazing Spider-Man. Like it, every time I watch that movie, I can't like it because it feels like, the filmmakers in Sony are constantly trying to be like, well, we can't be the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire movies. So what's different than that? Right. And while that isn't initially maybe a bad you know, jumping off point, if you're doing a reboot, it feels as though that's the only thing on their mind. So it's right. So it, it and I, I and it just and it's just so flatlined and I don't like any of the characters. I'm sorry, Andrew Garfield. I think you're a great actor. I think you were the MVP of Spider-Man No Way Home, but you are the MVP because I think your Peter Parker is kind of abysmal in, <laughs> in The Amazing Spider-Man. I don't like your Peter Parker, and I don't <laughs> like Gwen Stacy, you know, despite me being an Emma, uh, Emma Stone fan. And mm -hmm. I don't like the Spider-Man suit. And I think the origin is bungled. And it's just, <laughs> it, it, this is, it's, it's just totally an unexciting movie. Like I've seen people, you know, we haven't discussed this movie, but I've seen people put amazing Spider-Man over Spider-Man three. And yeah, I agree. Spider-Man three isn't good. It's the worst of those Raimi movies, but even right. that is making more interesting, weird choices right, than, right, 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 than right. fucking amazing Spider-Man. And maybe the fact that it does still has this cultural nostalgia that some people still do like it. Maybe it annoys me again. Maybe it's that old man thing of being, ah, you kids who grew up with this, this, pap i i don't like it so maybe it's a little bit of that but even with me trying to be very kind to garfield in retrospect and me still liking spider-man i i can't put a stamp of approval on amazing spider-man it truly does annoy me and that's why it's my most trashy pick no i i get you entirely uh it it is entirely a movie that is i mean we, we talked last episode uh with uh you know solo a movie that you know we didn't need to make and you know nobody needs to see han solo's origin you you get his deal when he's introduced in star wars but okay the movie that came out was was fine enough and amazing spider-man is is kind of that like here here's spider-man's origin again we just saw it but like slightly different i feel like i feel like fucking uh, um millhouse <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul at Boygan, like, but we've we've shot the scene, we've done it again and again, <laughs> and and like, yeah, the only thing they they apparently are able to, the only angle they can bring to it seems to be be slightly different than the Raimi movies. Yeah, and add an and a totally uninteresting story about Peter's parents being secret spy scientists right. and blah blah blah, uh -huh. and that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's incompetent. Oh my god, there are all these rumors that they that Sony wants to bring back Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man and set him up as the Spider-Man for these Venom and Mo Morbius and Craven Madam Web no. movies. Please, please leave it be, please. 
yeah oh fuck yeah oh <laughs> my god um but uh, let me tell you again going back to what i was saying i had some pretty strong choices um like battlefield earth was on my radar thumbelina was pretty strong candidate but thumbelina <laughs> honestly is so forgettable for me that i'm like right oh, right, oh right. well i don't i barely remember that so it, it just kind of uh, uh dithers away into the at into the atmosphere um i'm gonna make some people mad but another strong candidate for me was the cat in the hat i am sorry gen z that movie just fucking annoys me i don't find it funny i find it irritating every time i have to revisit it for some reason or another i'm sorry but it, it, it but just be glad that i was more annoyed by amazing spider-man <laughs> yeah I, I think amazing spider-man because i have the same old person um response that you have to like if if something annoys me and I know that it has its fans, then it will extra annoy me. Yeah. You know? And yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think Amazing Spider-Man's fans are more more numerous than Cat in the Hats, probably. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I get where you well, how you went there. Uh, uh but but you know, let's let's get let's get away from all this all this and let's get to the because let's we had some movies that we genuinely enjoyed uh this past season so let's get into least trashy our most favorite films from this past season so luana let's end this season on a good note so please tell us what is your choice for least trashy movie of season two uh well we watched a couple of movies that i would say we did last time too that are pretty good Pretty, uh, like uh, that are flops in the financial sense more so than uh, any uh, uh, artistic critical artistic yeah exactly um, but uh, the one that uh, got pushed over for my personal choice is least trashy uh, is because it was a discovery for me mm -hmm. and um, it was a movie I'd never seen uh, I enjoyed greatly Mm -hmm. and uh and was very happy to be introduced to i'm talking about 1994's clifford i believe the dinosaur world is the only place where a boy like me can be happy that is the winner of this season for me mm. um it because you know it is just absolutely um it, it is a movie that birthed a a generation of comedy nerds i feel mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a feel. I think you described it as like a rite of passage in the in the late '90s, early '00s. That oh, have you seen this weird movie where Martin Short's a kid? Uh -huh. uh, and uh, no, yeah, I get that. Um, it is, uh, <laughs> and it, it was it was fun to to uh, to go through that uh, to that uh, rite of passage, as it were, uh, because it's well. Just simply, we talked. We talked about it earlier. You know, barring all the discourse, it simply is a movie that, to me, works. It's a comedy that's very funny. There's two great, uh, great actors uh, giving it their all, uh, being the kind of uh, uh, Bugs and Elmer kind of uh, <laughs> dynamic you know, with uh, Martin Short and Charles Grodin, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I get. I guess it's you know financial um, 
floppage mm-hmm. <laughs> kept mm-hmm. it from my ever having seen it because I don't really recall it being on TV a lot as a mm-hmm. kid. Because you mm-hmm. know, uh, I vaguely remembered it from um, what's the name Nathan Rabin's uh, Forgot Busters or or no of uh, Year Fiasco, Flops World, World of Flop Year yeah. of Flops yeah exactly well, I think mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever heard of it uh, and that was years and years ago, but. Um, yeah, so this one was really some something that got uh, pulled out of obscurity for me and mm-hmm. it turned out to be something I really enjoyed. Kind of like, uh, uh, kind of like, not obscure, of course, but uh, Pee Wee's um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, yeah, exactly. I'd never seen that one. I kind of knew what Pee Wee's deal was, but uh, that was a lovely movie. And I think this is the equivalent of of that even though of course peewee is a lot more sort of uh widespread in mm-hmm. terms of public adoration um yeah that was uh, a fantastically funny discovery yeah what, I, what about you uh Terrence? well i have to say i am impressed that clifford left a such an impression on you because uh this past season kind of had some prime luana choices or some prime luana favorites like the wolfman <laughs> and mission impossible 2 and stuff like that like movies <laughs> that i know you quite enjoy street fighter yeah. uh, so that clifford could pull out above those i, th- I think is really impressive and oh, <laughs> you know what's even more impressive is that it is also my pick for least. <laughs> yeah. You're doing it right now. Can you just act like a human boy for one minute here? Look at me like a person. You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy. Look, this is a it's a wonderful discovery. Um, I want to circle back to a moment I forgot to mention in the Clifford episode where there's a wonderful moment when Richard Kine, who plays Clifford's dad, just goes like, oh, just looks at his son. It's like, oh, well, what kind of madness have you brought? What kind of, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, oh, my God. In media res, we have this father who is just all, who just already thinks the worst of his son. You know, it's not an escalating thing. It's he already knows it, you know, it's the devil that he just knows already. Um, and God, is that just a wonderful encapsulation of the black comedy tone of that film. Um, and uh, oh, and then, uh, of course, we should say that that was the winner of our listeners choice poll. We put it up and Clifford and winning. And I'm, I'm really glad that ultimately that was the winner because we got to really talk about a kind of a maybe a, a cult underappreciated movie that uh yeah i mean listeners if i have to encourage you to revisit or watch for the first time a movie from our season two list then i would definitely put clifford on top of that uh, it's it's a wonderful movie if you haven't watched it or if you haven't watched it in a while it's it, it's a damn crazy thing to see Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you think we need to contact Martin Short? You know, more than any more than any of the acclaimer Emmys he's gotten for only murders in the building. He probably, you know, will be, you know, so enraptured when word gets out that the Fendier trash movie <laughs> has given the double approval of Clifford as the least trashy movie of its second of season. The year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll hold that over Steve Martin's head uh, on the sets, you know. No, yeah, I, I 
I fully agree that yeah. if Martin feels like a cool guy and he yeah. would he would totes be into that. Hey, forget the eat getting the egot, but the double least trashy. Come on now. <laughs> the DLT. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? I think that's a wonderful way to wrap up season two. Well, it was a lovely time, uh, Travis. Uh, I think we discussed a lot of um, interesting movies mm-hmm. and uh, had a lot of fun. Um, I hope, and I hope that our listeners had just as much fun uh, listening as we did making it. Yeah, and guess what? Fun ain't gonna stop because Luana in two weeks will be our season three premiere. Ooh, Ooh and Luana, I only have mm-hmm. one question for you. What's that, Travis? Do you bleed? god <laughs> um call me martha but <laughs> wait why did you say that name what what name uh, <laughs> wait wait a minute wait a minute my wait a minute bruce wayne's mother that, that's that that's Mar. that's martha too oh my god that that's the exact same name as clark kent's mother oh my goodness do you think they would be do you think superman and batman would be best friends if they learned that oh I mean, they got it right. I mean, if, right. if dude, if a dude finds out his mom has the same name as the other dude's mom, it's ooh. they're basically That's, brothers at that point. Exactly. Those are those are two mother lovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Seeing Batman, Robin dressed up like Andy Samberg and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> oh, that would be great. But uh, you know what? I think all that talk, I think it's pretty obvious that the dawn of season three means the dawn of justice. Of course, that means we're kicking off season three with Batman v Superman. Isn't that <laughs> exciting? Batman v Superman. The DCEU is still alive on this podcast. <laughs> the Snyder Cut lives. Yeah. Oh, come on, Snyder fans. We're still like, yeah, yay, the movie. Uh, or I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, every season we have to kick off with a Batman movie as our first movie to cover. And I mean, hey, we we, we, we have no more Schumachers. We got to move on to Snyder now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> come on. It's not so bad. I mean, don't fans want to hear us not only talk about the theatrical edition, but the three hour ultimate edition? I am totes going to watch that one. <laughs> uh, oh, I think I am too. Uh, but look, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, many opinions will be had. Uh, it'll be, uh, will it be, what, what will happen when Travis V. Luana happens on season three? Who knows? Dawn of Trash. Dawn of Trash. Oh my goodness. We have a new season name. But uh, yeah, that'll be in two weeks when we kick off our brand new season. In the meanwhile, you can follow us on Twitter at Trash Movie Pod. Email us at trashmoviepod at gmail.com. And if you are feeling especially nice and generous, you can give the show five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In two weeks will be our season three premiere with Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. But until then, the defense rests. See ya. See ya. Welcome to our compilation of our favorite moments from Season 2, Episode 36. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Coming Out of Their Shells Tour. I The Shredder is honestly the highlight of this thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um... So the shred, as we mentioned, the shredder, his 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 evil plan 
is that he wants to destroy all music. He hates music, so he has created a machine with the help of Baxter Stockman to destroy music. The, the, the machine he has created will destroy all music <laughs> in, in the world. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. That I, there was another Simpsons thing that reminded me of when um, Sideshow Bob at the air show, he's going to, like, nuke Krusty. And it's like, because oh, television is turning you all into rooms. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, yes, and I'm aware of the irony of appearing on a giant TV in order to destroy TV, so don't bother pointing that out. <laughs> now, that leads me to, look, I already said I love Pizza Power, but what might actually be the musical highlight of the concert is Shredder's song, I Hate, I hate music, music, in which he sings about how much he hates music. Uh, he's like, I hate music. It's the worst. I guess it's like the most rap, most hip-hop part of the concert in which he raps about how much he hates all music he wants to destroy all music and uh it's great <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love i love i love him and his foot soldier just dancing around singing about how much he hates music that's 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 art to me that's that's cult pop that's, culture <laughs> that's cinema that's kino man yeah um and then <laughs> oh actually even more than the song my absolute favorite part of this concert is the banter he does before the song, where uh, he come, he's come on stage, the turtles have retreated. And so going back to sort of like this banter, this, you know, kind of, you know, this killing time for kids between songs. So what Shredder does, what the actor who plays Shredder does is that he... He basically roasts the kids in the audience for a few <laughs> minutes, and it's uh, it's pretty glorious, actually. Like he's going, like he he's like, hey, hey, sit down, want to calm down, sit down, back in your seats, you. Uh, and, and, and honestly, we were talking about like that's the energy you kind of need for like these bits in between the songs where you're telling the kids about doing something, like and like his roasts are really honestly kind of. They're kind of spicy. Like at one point, he's like, "Hey, haven't I seen your photo on a milk carton?" <laughs> I'm like, "Damn, Shredder!" Such <laughs> a sister. Oh yeah, his best one might be like, "Hey, who who's that next to you? Your sister? Oh, your cousin? Huh? Couldn't find a date." <laughs> and I think doesn't he like call out someone's mom's like, "Hey, is that your mom? Uh, I'll see you later," or something like that. <laughs> He is. I love it. I honestly, the whole concert should have just been the Shredder roasting the roasting toddlers. I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's and and yeah, that is actually the fucking. That's the energy you need, and you kind of need to sustain for like an hour or however long your show is. And they don't. They have the energy for about like five, six minutes, maybe. Whenever the Shredder is doing his roast thing. <laughs> And yeah, God. Um, so it was, it was. I I mean, it it was fucking terrible. But I, I didn't. I I want like, it was so ill conceived that I was I was constantly fascinated. Oh yeah, it, this is a fact. And by the way, if you want to watch this thing, it is obviously out of print because it only existed on VHS. But you can find a couple different different quality rips of this on YouTube. So free to find, free to watch. Um, but uh, even if you end up absolutely hating this, it is, this is a fascinating thing. To, I guess it has that Star Wars holiday special mystique to it. <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck was this? 
I, I have to say that like um going back to the whole shredder thing like shredder now just seems like uh one of these conservative comedians who gets on stage and complains about wokeness. <laughs> I, I kind of, if they have to update this stage show for like today's, like if they wanted to revive coming out of their shells tour, that's how they need to update Shredder. Like he would go out like, oh, look at this. Much. <laughs> yeah, all these stupid kids these days with their labels like non-binary. <laughs> Gender fluid, <laughs> teenage mutant. <laughs> Even there's, there's instead of like going, there's too many genders these days. There's too many mutants. There's too many stupid mutant ninjas out there. <laughs> like, oh my god, can you imagine pulling up Netflix and there's the little tile with like the shredder stand-up special and it's like shredded and <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> And he's got like he's like in silhouette, and he's got like the faceplate on, but he's uh -huh. like still smoking a cigarette. Yeah, shredding down. <laughs> yeah, shredding these these safe spaces for these woke <laughs> kids who can't take real comedy anymore. Promoting his shredded special on Joe Rogan. <laughs> exactly, he's, he's hitting it all. Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, <laughs> Ben Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you want to make Shredder a villain these days, that, that, would, be, that would be the good contemporary way of doing it. Oh my god! Oh, that I love that. Like um... fucking kids with their avocado toast and pepperoni pizza. <laughs> Episode forty-four rhinestone i i find her very um very watchable very very charming very engrossing so um yeah. whenever she was there and she was allowed to do her thing i, I was just like oh yeah you know you know who else has that when when you're playing uh when you're watching an old roger corman movie and vincent price is doing his vincent mm, price yes, yes 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 and like you know it may not be like he's just doing uh, maybe minor variations to what whatever vincent price does and i think dolly does the same you know you're <laughs> you're tuned into what she's delivering and yeah. you know if that's your thing yeah. then you're gonna get it yeah imagine vincent price in rhinestones like mm, freddie i'll go <laughs> there's two types of people in this world and you ain't one of them <laughs> <laughs> episode 31 too fast too furious i want to bring up another actor who's in this as in a supporting role uh mark boone jr uh, oh yeah the rat torture detective Ushu shows up and kind of one of the most like kind of one of the more intense scenes in in the fast movies with the whole like rat in a heated bucket torture scene <laughs> um it look it, do you think mark boone jr just knows like look i know i look like a scumbag so every time i'm gonna show <laughs> up in a movie i'm a scumbag okay i've never seen mark boone jr play a nice film. exactly hey, hey look good work if you can get it if you yeah, know absolutely. what your type is and, uh, and he's usually an enjoyable uh, scumbag so <laughs> So you know, good on him. <laughs> I mean, I have no, I have no, um, I have no basis for this, but it will be very funny if he's just a very nice guy who is very nice to work with. <laughs> I do have to wonder if you're like a character actor of that level, 
you do have to be like a nice person mm-hmm. like essentially right. when you're you know not this isn't to be disingenuous to character actors but in a sense you could be seen as like a jobber as someone who right. goes gig to gig on these things so i wonder if like you just have to have that nice personality to like be able to like go from like set to set and just kind of work in whatever the environment is. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, I mean, yeah. must be you know if they're they're not they're not hiring you for your big name, so you got to be uh, nice to work with. I think. In fact, you know what, Mark Boone Jr., we invite you to the podcast. You want to come on down and talk about your work? <laughs> I'd welcome it. Yeah, let's talk about Too Fast and Batman Begins. Oh, then... oh my God! You, oh God, seriously, you know how many stories we would ask for from Mark Boone, <laughs> man. Seriously, again, again, Mark, please come on down. We would be happy to have you. <laughs> uh, I love that. In I'm just checking his IMDb right now, and in seven, he's literally credited as he's an FBI man, but he's credited as greasy fbi <laughs> of course he probably he probably comes to set with his own grease to like put in his hair and his beard <laughs> He's like messily eating sandwiches <laughs> episode 43 halloween resurrection speaking of like weird character traits that i don't know if the movie really knows what to do with like sean patrick thomas's whole thing is that he's like a fitness in like uh he's he's in the fitness and he knows about health food and nutrition and and he has that weird that weird answer during his audition where he's like yeah you know they they said that hitler was a was a vegetarian and you know that's why he did what he's like (laughs) what what are you talking like i know this is supposed to be like a dumb guy I guess maybe he's supposed to be like the dumb jock, but if that dumb jock was a health nut, but like, right. it's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then later, he has a <laughs> the magic, the magic fennel. I think the the magic oh, yeah. fennel, the spice based, the spice where he 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 opens it up. He's like, oh, this is probably old. Oh no, this is actually fresh. And then he uses it to kind of get away from Michael Myers. When he's attacking him in the kitchen, and I guess that's a payoff. Uh, oh my god! Uh, wait, do I do I like this movie actually? I love that they they didn't bother to pay off the sonic screen, <laughs> but the, the dangerous panel is totally. And of course, we they they intelligently set that up like by having him know about you know nutrition and food. Of course, you know <laughs> this is a smart storytelling here, brick by brick storytelling. Episode twenty seven. Batman Forever. Nicole Kidman in this movie, obviously, you know, very beautiful. Obviously, one of the beautiful uh, women of the silver screen of the past uh, 30 years. And uh, it's, <laughs> I-, I gotta say this is about Dr. Chase Meridian. Uh, I think she's not a good psychologist. Because <laughs> <'cause, laughs> she sh- like, er, she's in the opening scene. 
And and sure. the reason she's there is that Commissioner Gordon says that she's there. She was been hired to diagnose the supervillains of Gotham, but like. <laughs> Uh, all she she doesn't really have good diagnosis for anyone like and it's like oh it's like what's two faces deal it's like well he's crazy okay <laughs> yeah. but what about the riddler oh he's also crazy Total uh, what, <laughs> what about batman oh well a guy who dresses up like a bat you know what i think i think he's a little crazy <laughs> it's like oh great great i'm glad we paid probably like thousands of dollars for chase meridian dr <laughs> chase meridian they come here and diagnose that the the costume people of gotham city are not so cuckoo bananas you know? <laughs> yeah I, I i love that the it, it, it's like and and like almost all of her lines to batman are like you, you can just replace all her lines to Batman about, with like, I don't know, like you can come inside me if you want Batman. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. At, at some point, at some point, Gordon's got to be like, lady, come <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is insane. That one scene where she just turns on the bat signal <laughs> just in the hopes that Batman will show up and, fuck her on the roof, on the roof of the police I, I mean what if that did happen because because gordon shows up in his pjs later and that, that would be very uncomfortable I, I love that like what like two minutes later gordon is there in his pjs like yeah. incredible when that happened i was like god that is some incredible like teacher sleeps at the school in the matt reeves batman sequel they should have a scene where jeffrey wright you know climbs up to the tower where the bat signal is and he's, he's in like a long nightgown and a nightcap it's like hey man god I damn was, it batman god damn it batman i was counting sheep i was dreaming of dancing with us night with a beautiful lady and you woke me up <laughs> <laughs> you you broke up my my cycle where when I snore a feather goes up and down on my lips. It caught me in the shoe part of my hong shoe hong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 